This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Let's keep it Oklahoman way and welcome in Jacob Unruh. Also joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Jacob, what's going on, man? How are you? You don't have to follow Scott. That's a tough act to follow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what, what are you guys doing to me? That's we, not cool. Well, we were going back and forth, and I was like, all right, so we got to figure out, like, who are we going to let, like, lead off in the 2 o'clock hour? Ultimately, I mean, Scott got Scott, the call. So next time, listen, I'll, yeah, put, I'll put you in the leadoff spot. Call. Okay. All right. That's, no, that's fair. Scott, that's a good call. Scott needs the most of that. He's the, he's the heavy hitter. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, okay, so pretty pretty good night for Oklahoma State on the uh, baseball diamond last night, huh? Not not too shabby for yeah. a way to kick off was, the Bedlam series. It was decent, you know, decent, I guess. Um, no, it was uh, it was tremendous offensively um, and pitching wise too. Really, um, they just they played. I don't say as as complete a game as they could have played, but they played a really complete game. And um, when Things are starting to click right now for them to a point that you're starting. Like, it's the point that you start to believe in them a little bit more. I think for the postseason, um, the way the offense is playing, I think can really carry them right now. I mean, they got the crazy thing is they got out hit by OU last night, twelve to ten. Yeah. Um, but obviously won thirteen to two, and um, they had three homers and two by Colin Brigham,an and um, they had it was it nine walks and five hit batters. So they they were patient. They took the free bases um, and really took advantage of it against the OU pitching staff now that seems to have no answers for OSU because in two games now it's been uh, 32 to 10 on the scoreboard total for uh, two bedlam games for OSU versus OU. So um, yeah, just a good night all around, a good tone setter for uh, the rest of the weekend. 32 to 10, Jacob, is that good? <laughs> That's. Uh... I think I. I I might check the math, but it seems like it uh, might play. So I I was fascinated by last night, and and I, I I guess it's just the emotion like of the Bedlam series, and I I read and listened to all the comments uh, that were happening like leading up to the series, and it was actually Coach Holiday that was that was talking about the, like the emotional aspect of it, um, and it's. It's crazy that sometimes it can actually go the opposite direction for you. And knowing how much of a heater that they've been on, it, like it, it just seems like they used even the emotion of the Bedlam series to fuel them even more. Where do? Because you got to go back, right? For for the way that they've been playing here as of late. I mean, some really ridiculous offensive numbers that we've seen out of the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't do it the last night's math, but they were averaging fourteen runs a game the last six games going into last night's game, and so um, you had, what, another 13 of that. I mean, they're right there on that uh, that cusp. I mean, they're – and, you know, and I know East Tennessee State were three of those games. They did to Kansas State. A really good team in the Big 12 this year that they put 14 runs up on a game on per game and, and, and really wreaking some havoc. So I just – I mean, they're, they've really clicked, and I thought it was pretty telling last night that they were able to go Nolan McClain on the mound. Yeah. And not and not need his bat in the lineup because it was a you know he's always been a two way guy he's got the most power on the team can literally hit the ball 550 feet just a monster at the plate and they didn't put him in the lineup because they want him to focus on pitching and they knew they had the depth to do it and it led to Colin Brigham who doesn't play a ton 
per se. I mean, he's played in 35 games, a little more sporadic than probably, you know, most most players would like. And um, comes out his two home runs and gets a walk and reaches on an error and really wreaks some havoc in the bump out order. And McLean's been batting seventh the last two weeks he's been back in the lineup anyways. And so now you've got this depth in this lineup when you've got McLean hitting seventh or not at all and they can still put up 13 runs. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a surprise, right, with, with Nolan. That's his first time in his career uh, that he gets the start like that. So uh, what, but after the game is over, what was kind of the, the mindset there from Holiday to go with him as the starter last night? Uh, there, there was, it was a two-fold decision. It was one, it was to keep Jerron Watts-Brown and Ben Abram, maybe Carson, you know, on regular rest. They might, you know, Ben Abram, Carson Bench will get the start tomorrow. Okay. Jerron tonight, it keeps them on regular rest. Um, they, they really like that aspect of it. But also, Josh knows they're going to need Nolan the next rest, the rest of the season on the mound in some big ways. And I think it was a chance to get him going can extend him a little bit more to where if you're in Arlington next week, yeah, you go to Ron game one, maybe, unless you can find a way to keep him closer to normal rest and you get him on Thursday instead. So maybe you go Nolan again on Wednesday. And, you know, and you've got a guy you know is a really good pitcher, one of the best closers in the country that you could extend three, four, maybe five innings and really kind of bridge with him to where, He's valuable in, in a lot of different ways, and so this is a way to get him back at that going. Um, and I think it was a, it was a really smart plan, and it really worked out well. Yeah, and you got him out after three, right? I mean, it, so it, it yeah. ended up being almost almost a perfect scenario. Uh, and speaking of and, sc- scenario, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and he had some, you know, he had four four walks and um, control lost him a couple times, but I think some of that was a long innings because there was a couple four run innings there that. Uh, you know, some of the pitchers sitting down there for a little while, I think, was, you know, a little, little tough on him at times. It, it happens, but I think I think he's in a good place. And, you know, the injury was never his arm that he was dealing with after, the arm, after running into the wall in the outfield. It was a leg injury, so his arm's good. The, the scenario, not just with him, but overall last night, you, you were needing help from – from Texas in West Virginia. Now it's nothing that you can control, right? But all in all, a pretty perfect night for Oklahoma State with needing help, taking care of your own business, and now just a game back here if they can get some more help from the Longhorns. Yeah, they're in a spot now where, I mean, you want, I, I was scoreboard watching. I don't know how much they were. They won't say they were or weren't. But, you know, Texas wins 12-2. Um, really batters a pretty, you know, Solid pitcher for for West Virginia, um, and a good spot. It's hard to win Austin, and so OSU's in a great spot here because OSU has their ace going tonight, has their number two, maybe number three going tomorrow. Where if they win tonight, Texas wins again. They're playing for the title tomorrow, and it's it's crazy and to think about because I think a lot of people wrote this team off a month ago when they were they hit kind of. A little bit of a skid there, struggled a little bit. They've had some struggles in the mid in the midweek games, but this is still a really, really good team, and they're starting to show it. They're starting to play well at the right time. That I think they'd be really dangerous. I kind of think they're playing better now, in some ways. They don't have the pitching staff still not quite what it was last year, but I think they're playing as better as well, if not a little better, than they were at this point last season, as far as momentum and 
and offensive output. Well, offensive output, I mean, yeah, you, you're going to have to rely on, on that staff at some point in time, like you were talking about there uh, a few moments ago. But you're this hot with the bats. Sometimes you can overcome even the elements that are you're not great at. And that's what Oklahoma State seems to be doing right now. And you, you mentioned how some people had written this team off. I mean, you, you saw the projection just like everyone else. I mean, one projection from D1 Baseball having them go to Fayetteville, which is a nightmare scenario. But now yeah, Oklahoma State's nobody like, wants that. No, not, no one wants that at all. Um, <laughs> not even Arkansas no, wants that, but I, nobody wants that in you, OSU. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. And, and now you've put yourself in a position, right, where you're back in the legit conversation with your style of play that you could actually be hosting a regional. Yeah, and – I think right now we're at the point where you can sit here and say, oh, shoot, they're clearly in. It's a matter if they're going to get a regional or not. And then it's who can out-hit OSU at this point. And last year Arkansas was able to out-hit them. Um, that's really boiled down to was they just out-hit them just a slightly little bit more. And I think that's what it's going to come down to this year to beat OSU in the postseason is can you out-hit them. You might, you might get the first game if you get to a regional and you get your ace against them. You might be able to slow them down a little bit, but once you get those other guys, you're gonna to have to out hit them, and that's they're gonna be a tough out. Missouri State figured out last year; it's a different lineup now, but a lot of the same pieces, a lot of the same style, and I just think that oh, like in the next two days, oh, he's gonna to have to out hit them, and it's gonna be really hard for OU to be able to do that in a lot of ways. Um, but it's uh, it's gonna be fascinating to watch what the social offense can do. Have they talked about that at all? Or do they focus on any like the postseason stuff? Like, what's the conversation been? Because I know, I, I think I remember seeing a quote from Coach Holiday that said he felt like it's more kind of a little bit of the disrespect, or at least the way that the Big Twelve Conference is viewed. How much of that has been a talking point with them behind the scenes? Um, I don't know much they talk about it, but you know, Josh really believes the Big Twelve is overlooked, um, and, and I can see. You know, I think what the projections have seven teams from the Big Twelve in the tournament, and only West Virginia hosting. And it seems like, like I said, people wrote this team off. They have one bad weekend. They, they lose a series against West Virginia, and they tumble out of the rankings. And now West Virginia's top six in the country. Yet, Josh will say this. Josh says this a lot. A team in another conference, and he's usually pointing the SEC, can lose, can get swept in a weekend. One of the good teams in the SEC gets swept in a weekend, and they gets labeled off as a bad weekend is what he likes to say. Not – they're, they stink. It's just a bad weekend. Yeah. Whereas a Big 12 team, a Kansas State, or something like that, ha, you know, has a has a bad weekend. It's on the same level, and they just are no good anymore. And so it's kind of interesting in a lot of ways. Josh feels pretty heavily about that. Um, and Josh has been coaching the SEC. He's coached in the Pac-12. He's you know he's been around, and um, you know, so I think I think there's an argument made the Big 12 is a little stronger than people want to give it credit for. West Virginia's been really good, obviously. OSU's good. Texas, I think, is still good. Um, Kansas State's had a good year. Um, you know, OU can, can, could get hot, and, you know, you got like TCU's never a team you want to overlook. And so there's teams there that can be really dangerous uh, once we get to the postseason. Final one for me, uh, Chase Atkinson is a young man that uh, offense kind of speaks for itself. But the one area, though, that is also glaring is the fact that his defense has improved drastically just comparing him to where he was a year ago. Yeah, he's worked tremendously on that. Um, you know, I wrote the, other day, the story the other day about the analytics um, with, 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 within the uh, program and how they've really dived into analytics more and more. And Chase has been heavily involved in that as far as 
his improving as a catcher, um, his goals with that and things like that. And um, it's really paid off. But I think the biggest thing is that he is durable. I mean, he's, he's caught, I mean, I'd have to do percentages, but I would assume over 90, if not 95% of his games this season, he's caught for OSU. And some of that, you know, Ian Doherty has been hurt, um, but he's he's back now, and um, but in a limited role because they have they have Chase. So Chase doesn't walk around the lineup. He's batting cleanup now, having career year at the plate, and just shows this remarkable durability that I'm starting to wonder. You know, catchers in the draft are are tough, and it's a long road for a catcher to the big leagues because there's just so much a catcher has to do. But I'm starting to wonder if he's playing himself in a draft talk. Um, but if not, I know she's going to welcome him back with open arms uh, next season for a super senior year. Jacob, good stuff, man. Uh, I appreciate you. Um, we won't talk to you until the new bundle of joy comes. I know that that day is uh, is approaching quickly. I just want to say uh, congratulations to you and to your wife. Thank you. Uh, prayers to, to both of you as you get set to uh, embark on this new journey. And, uh Man, want to wish not only you and your, and your wife, but the baby, all the best and good health, man, and uh, incredibly happy for your entire family. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, we're excited for Tuesday and uh, ready to get going with it. That's awesome. Thanks, Jacob. Appreciate you, man. Have fun. All right. Thanks. It's Jacob Unruh joining us here on the Blitz 1170, uh, talking some Oklahoma State baseball. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.